Vegetarian Zen, episode number 72. Welcome to Vegetarian Zen, a peaceful place for vegetarians, vegans, and the veg curious to share tips for living a healthy lifestyle. Now sit back, relax, and prepare to get your veg on. Veg Zeners, welcome back to Vegetarian Zen. My name is Vicki. And this is Larissa. And in today's episode of the Vegetarian Zen podcast, we're going to take a look at food cravings. And we were inspired by this to do this podcast because, um, or this episode is because Larissa was experiencing some pretty strong meat cravings. Mm-hmm. And of course, she was not going to succumb to them, but was trying to find a suitable replacement to kind of help satisfy some of those cravings. So uh, that's kind of what inspired us to do this episode. We're going to look at what causes the cravings and what they might really mean uh, when you experience those cravings and what you can do to kind of help keep you in check. Like like I said, in this case, Larissa's not going to have meat. So some of the things she's done to try to help control those. Right, right. All right, but first, I know we have a rating. We do have a rating, and this is from back in August. We're still playing catch-up, and thank you guys so much for all of your wonderful ratings. We will get to every single one of them. But this one is from August, and it is from Batiface, B-A-T-I-F-A-C-E. And um, he or she says, I have been a vegetarian for 13 years, and this is the first vegetarian podcast I have subscribed to. The episodes are fun and informative. I would definitely recommend this podcast to the new vegetarian. These gals share lots of good info in a welcoming manner. Two thumbs up. Awesome. Thank Thank you you very much. We really appreciate that. Right. All right. Then next we have a Facebook shout out, and really we wanted to give... Just a shout out to all of our community who has expressed their well wishes, prayers, positive thoughts, all to our Miss Molly Brown, our dog. She has been experiencing some challenges lately. She's, what is she, 11 and a half years old. She'll, we got her, we yeah. were together about a year after we got her, right? Yeah, she'll so be 12 in January, right? Yeah, she'll be 12 in January. And we were really concerned about her. We still are very concerned about her. She stopped eating. We, we took her to get her senior wellness exam with the vet we have a very nice vet did the blood work i mean it wasn't the greatest but we were really concerned that it might be cancer and what he's told us was there was it was probably not cancer she didn't she looked you know for her age she looked pretty decent inside but what what uh is really giving her a lot of trouble are her hips Mm -hmm. she has really bad hip dysplasia she was diagnosed on her first, really, right? Her first yeah, visit. Yeah, about six months, I think, she was diagnosed yeah. when she was six months old. And most of her life has been really, um, it hasn't really affected her that much. I mean, we've always had to be kind of careful with her. We couldn't really play big games of catch with her or fetch mm-hmm. or whatever because uh, because of her hips. But she would go up and down our stairs like nothing. But, of course, now that she's 12, close to 12, she's having a lot of problems. And mm-hmm. so she stopped eating. She's not eating very much, and we think it's because she's in pain. We're, of course, giving her as much medicine as we can, but we're also treating her for Cushing's disease. So mm-hmm. we have to be very careful and uh, with the medicines we're giving her. But we really appreciate it. We had posted some updates on our Facebook page and got just a lot of folks wishing her a speedy recovery. And of course that, you know, that for us as well, that we're 
kind of hanging strong for her. So just wanted to say thanks for that. Yes, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And we will keep posting updates. Uh, we have an, uh, a consultation with a surgeon this week coming up. But of course, when this episode goes out or recording two weeks ahead. So when this goes out, that will have already happened, but we will definitely post on Facebook and keep everybody, you know, updated on what's going on. Okay. So are we ready to get into our topic for today? I think so. Okay. Now we should say that when we, we, Larissa and I typically do like a little bit of a dry run just so that we, (laughs) we don't have any questions ourselves as we're going through the information. So we go through a light dry run of our podcast before we actually hit the record button and we got into a little bit of a spirited healthy debate about mm-hmm. where uh some of the some of the components of this topic regarding cravings types of cravings types I of guess, cravings yeah. particularly yeah and, and where they fall but really we just wanted to share this this is really meant to to just share how we feel about cravings and how we've uh, help to satisfy some of those cravings, maybe not always in the best way. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes we succumb to them, mm-hmm. just like anybody else. But uh, you know, when we when we have those, what they might mean, and maybe some ways that you can help you cope with cravings when you get them. Right, and then of course our standard disclaimer that we like to issue whenever we talk about something that has more of a medical slash health, you know, type basis to it is that we are not medical experts. We're not doctors. We're not nutritionists. Uh, We are two vegetarians who have a podcast and we do the research, you know, for these topics. But if you have an issue, like if you're craving something incessantly and there's nothing that is helping, you know, go talk to your doctor, uh, just bring it up and say, you know, I've been craving, I don't know, jelly beans or something, you know, I mean, now obviously that's a bad example, but just it, go to your doctor and, and start a discussion with them yeah. before you try anything. Best. Yeah. And, and just another reminder, as usual in our show notes, we will have links to all of the articles that mm-hmm. were used to research this, uh, this article, this uh, podcast episode. Right. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's get started. All right. Well, you know, as happens sometimes, this episode started out as one thing and it turned into something a little bit different. And I, I was good with that because what I started out researching was how to handle meat cravings for, you know, specifically for vegetarians and vegans. And so when I started doing this research on some of these articles that Marigold found for us, our VA, it kind of led me towards learning more about just cravings in general. I mean, which was fascinating to me. I I was really, really interested because I crave stuff all the time, you know, and most of it's bad. (laughs) So well, everybody does, I think, to a certain extent, crave certain things. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, since we talk about other just general health issues on the podcast, besides just being vegetarian or vegan, I thought it would be appropriate and helpful to just kind of more discuss cravings in general. Yeah, and one of the things Larissa really struggled with is that she was having meat cravings and feeling really guilty about it. And that's why I told her, I said, don't feel guilty about it. I mean, maybe it's your body trying to tell you something. I wasn't eating meat. I was just craving it. And yeah, and then I was feeling bad for craving it. And, you know, but I would never, I, I can't imagine myself ever eating another piece of meat. Right. So, but it was very frustrating. All right, so let's get into the three types of cravings. Okay, so here's what I found. I found three different types of cravings, and I think we kind of disagreed. We had a little bit of a maybe philosophical difference on the second two, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the, so the three, just over 
overall, uh, addiction, and then physiological cravings, and then psychological. So addiction is, is pretty straightforward, right? Right. It's like some ingredient or some chemical component that you're physically addicted to, mm-hmm. like sugar. Me. Yeah, Larissa mm-hmm. is addicted to sugar. Uh, case, casein. Vicky. What's that? Vicky. Casein. Well, I, you know, I, I don't know that I'm actually that. addicted. Remember, I went vegan for a full week. Yeah. I didn't experience any, any negative... In no. fact, of anything, I experienced no. some positive. Yeah, I don't think that when we talk about uh, addictions in this case, it's not. I, I don't think it's so much as the same as an addiction to heroin, where you have like life-threatening withdrawal symptoms if you don't have it. But I think that addiction in this case, like to sugar, for example, just makes you want to have more sugar, right? Yes. Um, and then the the casein. In dairy products, which is it's a component of dairy, what this does, and this is really interesting, I, and I didn't really understand this completely. I knew about caseins, but I didn't understand them completely. But uh, so milk contains caseins. Animal, all mammal, all mammal milk actually contains caseins to some degree, and these caseins break down into various opiates called casomorphins, and one of those is morphine, which is addictive. So I'm morphing out when I, <laughs> when I eat a piece of cheese. Yeah. Uh, but the reason that milk contains these casomorphins is it, it's thought that they have a calming effect on babies. So on if you're, if you're talking about cow's milk, so the caseins in the milk have a calming effect on nursing calves. And then it also serves to help increase the mother-calf bond. And then, of course, you know, the same thing would be could be said for humans, for any uh, casomorphins that are in human milk. Um, yeah, when Larissa was talking to me about this, I, I, I thought, is that why a lot of people, when they have a hard time sleeping, they'll have some warm milk and yeah. that helps some people go back to sleep? I wonder, you know, they don't, yeah. they're not necessarily saying, well, I need some casein. Yeah. <laughs> go back to sleep. But I wonder if that's why milk is associated, particularly mm-hmm. warm milk, is associated with, you with know, that, helping right. people go back to sleep. Exactly. Yeah. And then when it comes to cheese, Traditional cheese making, so cheese already contains milk, right, which uh, contains caseins. And then traditional cheese making involves actually adding casein. So that's plus what's already in the milk and the cheese. So cheese has even more casein than other dairy products. Yeah, but here's where, here, oh, so we're going to start a little bit with our with our friendly debate mm-hmm. right now. Um, I, d- I don't think I was, I'm addicted to cheese, though. Because yeah, no, I, I wouldn't say that either. I yeah, was just making I would, it funny. Because I don't like necessarily i just like the way it tastes so i'll eat it but i can certainly limit myself and Mm -hmm. as i proved when i did the full Mm -hmm. week of vegan i did without it altogether and really didn't miss it Mm -hmm. so well and it's the same thing with me and and dairy milk that i stopped i was gonna say even as much as you drank which was Mm -hmm. about two gallons a week Mm -hmm. i wouldn't say you were addicted to it you were just you just liked it i just liked it drank it Yeah. yeah Yeah. And you gave it up, and you really didn't. I mean, you mm-hmm. missed the taste of it, but you mm-hmm. didn't like experience any withdrawals or anything that I know. No, and every once in a while, I'll have a craving for milk, and I'll just get like a small little pint thing of milk, and you know that I'm good. Yeah. So that to me does not an addiction make. <laughs> no, it's definitely not like heroin. Okay. Um, and I've never been addicted to heroin, so don't anybody jump to that conclusion. <laughs> I'm just using that as an example of a very addictive substance. Uh, all right. So number two is uh, a physiological 
cause, right? Right. So this is, and this is kind of where we we were differing this earlier. Yeah. This is where your body has an actual deficiency of a nutrient. And the example that I have here is uh, iron, right? And the this here's one interesting thing that I read. I read that, and I know this is kind of up for uh, debate in the scientific medical community, right? But one thing that I read is that the actual craving, right, that we have is created through the mind through association, as opposed to your actual body saying, okay, I'm anemic, I'm iron deficient, so I'm going to need to eat red meat. And the interesting thing about red meat, of course, is that it's not actually particularly high in iron unless you're eating beef liver. That is the the only meat that is really high in iron, okay? So, for example, if you're iron deficient, you crave red meat, it's not your body saying, I know red meat is high in iron, so give it to me so I can fix my deficiency, right? Right. It's It's could be, actually, your mind telling you that it has learned through one way or another that red meat is supposedly high in iron so that it, your mind should create a craving for meat if your body is iron deficient. Yeah, I think where you and I were just starting to differ a little bit was, with, with, I think it's on the word physiological. Mm-hmm. And you're associating with actually something that your body needs to function, mm-hmm. right? And I think I was, I had a little bit, at least in my head, right or wrong, I'm not saying I'm right, but I'm just saying in my head, just a little bit looser term Mm -hmm. in the sense that it's not necessarily something you, so you're not addicted to it, Mm -hmm. but you're not purely just being, uh, it's not just coming from your head. Mm -hmm. Like the example I used for me was caffeine at three o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon, Mm -hmm. you know, and just knowing I had like three more hours before I, I was leaving work and mm-hmm. wanting that physiological feeling of being lifted by coffee. Right. And where, where I kind of went with that was that that's more of a psychological issue. And we'll talk about psychological coming up in a second, but that that's more of a psychological issue with a physiological effect, but it's not an actual physiological need. Your body does not become deficient in caffeine. So you don't, you know, need to consume caffeine in order to keep your your body functioning correctly. Your body doesn't develop like you're you can develop an iron deficiency or a vitamin uh, D deficiency or B12 deficiency. Your body never develops a deficiency in caffeine because it's not a natural part of your body. Yes, I agree. Okay, I'm not gonna we'll cover all three before I'm yeah, before we get into our healthy Debate. So we'll right. So we'll finish. <laughs> let's finish up the physiological. Okay. So, as we were saying, that could actually be your mind telling you that it's learned. For example, going back to the iron, that red meat is supposed to be high in iron. So the learn that learning could be something you've heard or something that you've read or something your doctor told you, or it also could be learned from maybe you ate you you used to eat steak that was rare or medium rare that had blood and you could taste, you know, blood has a slightly iron kind of taste. I know it's It's nasty to me. It Um, really is. And then, so therefore your mind consciously or subconsciously creates that association. Okay. This tastes like iron, right? So it must be high in iron. So when I'm craving, when I'm iron deficient, I need to crave that red meat. Right. But in fact, 
there are many foods, plant foods, that are, stop making that face, uh, <laughs> that are, uh, that have more iron per serving than a serving of sirloin. So soybeans, pumpkin seeds, blackstrap molasses, bran, and spinach all have more iron per serving than a serving of sirloin. But you never hear of anyone saying that they're craving pumpkin seeds or bran. So they're not actually craving, when they crave red meat, they're not craving the iron in red meat. They're craving that because of that association that their mind has created. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm still just, my wheels are right. still turning. I mean, just right. inside, just thinking. Because this is a lot of, it's very interesting it stuff. Is. I mean, how our brains work. And, you know, our stomachs have been called our second brain. Mm-hmm. And really because it's been proven that we have like certain... Uh, I say certain, what do you call the uh, chemicals released from your brain? There's a big tie between mm-hmm. your brain and your stomach. In other words, it's been called your second brain because of the um, chemicals that are mm-hmm. released from your stomach that right. actually impact your brain. And so that's why I said, I think this is more, this is so gray. Yeah. This is really so it's really gray. Fascinating. And I, I just kind of, it really is fascinating. But okay, so let's get into number three. Okay. Which is psychological, which is, of course, the most complex of any of them. Yep. And the most fascinating, I think. Okay, so foods often have strong cultural and emotional associations. Now, when you and I were talking before, I said, okay, this is a pretty easy one for me to get my head head around, no pun intended, <laughs> because like I can say, okay, Sunday, cultural cultural associations, Sunday mornings, growing up, it was barbacoa, tacos, for those of you who don't know, know what that is, it's kind of like a shredded beef. Barbacoa, you go down and it's a really it's bad, gross. it's really fat and <laughs> it's really fatty. It's and gross. Even it, when I ate meat, I thought it was well, gross. I used to, I mean, you grew up on that. Mm-hmm. You grew up on that and a big box of sweet bread and that. And big me, red. And big red. And that is like a strong cultural mm-hmm. and emotional association. Mm-hmm. So I, I totally get that part. I mean, I, my body does not need sweet bread. It does not need, need greasy, fatty, mm-hmm. shredded beef. But that was, you know, Sunday morning, if you would wake up with a craving for big red and big red for those who don't know what, because I think that's a Texas thing, mm-hmm. isn't it? It's like a red soda. Mm-hmm. I can yeah. see that purely psychological. Yeah. And well, on Sunday mornings for me growing up was scrambled eggs and either homemade muffins or homemade um, waffles and bacon. Yeah. So, and it's got know. a it's got a comforting effect mm-hmm. to it. Very. Right? Yeah. Okay. So there's also psycholo- uh, psychological triggers or food cravings, like the smells of certain food. And I think that's what you're experiencing with some of the meat yes. that we smell. Yes. Texas is a big barbecue state. I mean, you, you can't go down. What's that? You smell it everywhere. Oh, you smell it everywhere. On my way to work in the morning, there's a big... Uh, barbecue place that's already got their smokers mm-hmm. going and everything. So you smell it. Stress right. is another psychological trigger. So now this is interesting about stress. Mm-hmm. And this kind of ties into what you were talking about, about the, the feelings about when you have caffeine or when you want caffeine is uh, why many people reach for sweets or junk food when they're stressed, right? Okay. Well, carbs trigger your body to release more serotonin, which is a chemical in your brain that helps to calm you down. And then second to that, the combination of fat and sugar is also thought to have a calming effect. So, okay, donuts, that's like the ultimate combination of fat and sugar, right? Right. And then also potato chips or other chips uh, loaded with carbs, loaded with fat, not so much sugar on those, but, you know, so chips, cookies, cake, pie, whatever, mm-hmm. all of those things are high in carbs, fat, and sugar. And so yeah. that's what helps to calm you down, of course. And then it also makes you sleepy, right? Right. Which kind of like 
just makes you want to take a nap and forget about stuff. So that's one of the big things why when people are stressed, you often, very often hear them saying, oh, gosh, I really need chocolate or I need a piece of cake or, you know, know, me, I'm a prime example of that. Yeah. Well, at work, I even started writing down because my danger zone for me is between two o'clock and six o'clock when I leave, Mm -hmm. or it depends, I leave 530 or six o'clock. So that's usually my danger zone with respect to eating Mm -hmm. or snacking on things I shouldn't. And I've started to take notice of when that occurs. And a lot of times that occurs after a stressful situation, stressful phone call, Mm -hmm. or if I've been like really just heads down doing a lot of stuff yeah and then no no uh just like clockwork i mean it will come around and i will start to crave something and Mm -hmm. i guess depending on and maybe i haven't i haven't gone that far to say like okay is it am i craving chips of some sort or am i craving something sweet but i wonder if like even the situation boredom versus Mm -hmm. like uh stress Mm -hmm. might even prompt certain certain types cravings, of food right? right yeah and i think this is where the gray area really was for me because this is where you and i spend <laughs> the longest time kind of going around in circles because to me you know you're absolutely right i don't think let's just say i'm craving all of a sudden like i cannot get the idea of cheetos out of my head okay mm-hmm. i want cheetos and i'm thinking cheetos well there's something physiological that i'm wanting to change you want to i'm wanting to change a certain state within myself whether it's you know another one i actually you know what a better um, example would be coffee we were Mm -hmm. talking about that and i've been trying to cut back on coffee because it is highly acidic so i've i've really been trying to go more toward green tea but a lot of times when i try to substitute that it doesn't work for me Mm -hmm. so coffee if i get a really strong coffee craving i'm craving a physiological change in my body so that's how it feels to me. And so now you're, you're making with, a face at me. So so you're you're <laughs> craving that energy boost is yes. what you're saying. Yes. Okay. So I'm craving my my mind is starting to kind of like dwindle down and so that's where my body goes, "Hmm, we know coffee works. It's worked a lot of times, you know, right. and so let's go get coffee." But I still say that psychological and not physiological. But it's not physiologic- your body craving caffeine. It's craving coffee because it has caffeine. So right. just like you were saying with the iron, mm-hmm. so your body does not really crave the steak. You're saying the body isn't really craving the steak mm-hmm. itself. It's craving the fact that it, it, your the, body the is iron and all deficient. That. So it, no, it associates that. So what I'm saying is my body associates because other things have caffeine too, right? Like mm-hmm. like I said, even green tea, chocolate. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's other things that have caffeine, but my body has come to know that caffeine. A good strong shot of, of coffee mm-hmm. will give me that caffeine and help change my physiological state. Mm-hmm. So that's why I said I think it's just gray. Yeah, yeah no, I, I can see that. Yeah, it's just yeah. I think it's just a gray area. Yeah. All right. So let's get back to the the other psychological triggers. So we talked about smells of mm-hmm. certain foods and stress. So what else do we have? We have boredom, mm-hmm. which is another common three p.m. kind of mm-hmm. in between stuff, like in yeah. between you know habits. That's a big one. Coffee mm-hmm. in the morning. I was. We were talking mm-hmm. about that when we were doing our dry run earlier. I said, and I've actually been able to. That's why I said I'm not addicted to caffeine mm-hmm. because, or coffee, anyways, um, because I've been able to give that up mm-hmm. because I found like running gives me the same energy boost in the morning that I don't need the coffee. Mm-hmm. So I don't necessarily crave the coffee. You know, on days I run, I'm like, oh no, I can't even think of it because I'm already at the. I already feel like it 
full energy. Mm-hmm. Well, I think a good a good example of habit is uh, we'll take one from Seinfeld is when uh, George is takes his parents to meet Susan's parents and they give them cake, uh, coffee, they give them coffee after dinner, but no cake. And, you know, I think that one of the Costanzas make a comment, oh, we're sitting there like a couple of idiots with coffee without a piece of cake, because it's such a habit that anytime in their household, I yeah. guess, anytime they have coffee, they have to have a yeah. piece of cake. Yeah. Right. Right. So what about cultural events? Oh, that's big time, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you think about Thanksgiving, turkey, pie, Easter, ham, candy, mm-hmm. 4th of July, Memorial Days are usually like uh, barbecues, barbecues, you know, desserts, pie, cakes. Uh, and not just holidays. You've also got things like weddings, birthdays, you know, uh, graduations, retirement, any any excuse to have a party, you know, and have food. Uh, we'll do it. Right. Right. Um, and then also memories. So, for example, I used to make these cookies with my grandma. You know, that's a good memory. So you you find yourself craving those cookies because you used to eat them with your grandmother, right? Mexican food. Yes. And Mexican food typically has a lot of cheese. I have no doubt mm-hmm. that there's probably some psychological... Mm-hmm. That cheese has some psychological hold over me because I love Mexican food. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of my family. I mean, right. It- right. And then another example is, you know, we always would stop at gyms and have pie after we went to a movie so anytime you go to a movie then that triggers that craving oh yeah we should we need pie very (laughs) pavlovian right yeah very very and then also comfort so you know your mom always made you chicken soup when you were sick or whenever you were stressed out you would uh bake you know to take your mind off your problems or eating a carton of ice cream when you're sad or something like that that's those are comfort things so those are the three different types of cravings and some discussion. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, well, I think another good one, just to add to that last one, is alcohol. Oh, right? Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. alcohol is definitely uh, psychological. You don't, mm-hmm. and there's a perfect one because most alcohol, I mean, doesn't taste like great, mm-hmm. right? Unless it's one of those like foo foo drinks. But mm-hmm. I mean, like, who really, no. you know. Beer is awful. Yeah. So, well, no, I wouldn't go that no, far. No, beer is awful. <laughs> I, I drank beer far. in college because it was cheap. <laughs> But, uh, but, and you know, that's something that I think that kind of goes along with your gray area discussion too, because you're craving alcohol or you, you turn to alcohol for psychological reasons, but then you develop that addiction, right? You can. You can. Yeah. Not necessarily. Not everyone who drinks is an alcoholic, but you can. Yeah. So I think you see overlap there. Right. But it, 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 it originally starts out as a psychological craving because yes. your body does not there's no part of your body that's alcohol you don't yeah. become deficient in alcohol yep right yep so let's let's move on then let's talk about some ways that you can handle cravings yeah, yeah. okay so first there's a couple things just reminder always bring this to the attention of your doctor if you're craving mm-hmm. anything mm-hmm. like well you know longer like, than yeah not yeah. like i uh, wanted to have some nachos tonight i mean yeah like, no if, if this is something that goes on and you know you <laughs> yeah if talk to your doctor stuff, yeah Okay, so the other thing I was going to say is become a student of yourself mm-hmm. because that's how I've kind of been handling even to understand my danger zone. And I've even at 2 o'clock, I start to think, uh-oh, okay, here we go. You know, now pay attention because that's when the afternoon can get crazy for me. And that's where I've noticed, like, the mornings I have really no problem controlling, mm-hmm. you know, my eating really healthy and not 
not going to get that bag of Cheetos or whatever. But in the afternoons, depending on what's going on, I can easily mm-hmm. crave something that's not the best for me. So uh, really be, become a student of yourself that's and, and pay attention advice. and write it down. Don't yeah. just take a mental note. Write it down because you might start to see some patterns over time that can help you understand. Write down just a real, you know, some people, go, I don't have time to do that. Keep something around with you or there's like a lot of phone apps that you can just mm-hmm. jot down really quickly what was going on and what you ate mm-hmm. and what you were craving or whatever to, to satisfy that. You might see a pattern. Or do what I've started doing. When, because a lot of times when I crave things like this is when I'm out running errands or I just happen to be at the grocery store where there's all this stuff, right? And so I'm craving this and that and everything. And so uh, one of the things that I've started doing is anytime I'm out and I have a craving, I record myself a voice memo. So I just, I basically talk through it with myself, mm-hmm. right? So I will start a voice memo and I'll say, okay, well, it's, I don't know, October 12th and I'm really, really craving a donut right now, you know, and I just drove by the donut place and I have to go by there again on my way home. And so this is what I'm feeling. And, uh, this is something that maybe just happened if, if there was something that happened, like I'm stressed out about Molly or whatever. So I'll make, I'll just talk myself through it. And it, some, some of them have been a minute. Some of them have been four minutes, you know, where I just kind of talk and then I will make a commitment to myself to record again if I'm going to get something. That's a really good suggestion. So a lot of times, sometimes it's been, now I've only done it a few times so far, but it has helped to keep me from going and getting something. And part of it is because I just talked through it with someone, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and it helped me kind of break that, that feeling. But also I'm kind of intimidated knowing that I made a commitment to myself to record if I get something. That's really, that's a great so suggestion. I can I get like it. That. But I have to record afterwards and say, I have to tell on myself, basically, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, and it's not accountable to anybody but me. But that can be very powerful sometimes. Well, I think that what you just said, you hit the nail on the head, is that you kind of like just broke that cycle. Because mm-hmm. you can get, when you have these cravings for something, mm-hmm. you can just get like... I get obsessed. That's all you can think about. Absolutely. Right? I get totally obsessed. I start, I will start planning. If I have a craving for something before I leave the house to go do stuff, I will start planning before I leave the house where I can get that thing, uh, how many of those places I will pass on my, my route, you know, so I have X opportunities, you know, to, to stop. And I mean, I get totally obsessed with it. And sometimes I, it's really, really, I need something really powerful to break that. So, and sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes I do it and I get it anyway, but I'm more aware of it now. Yeah. And it's also important, as we've said in past episodes around different topics, it's important not to beat yourself up. Mm -hmm. Don't beat yourself up about it. There could be Mm -hmm. something really deep rooted, either psychologically or physiologically that could be affecting that. So don't beat yourself up Mm -hmm. over it. Just make yourself aware of it and see if there's anything you can tweak. So there are some other things to consider, like as we talked about, are you getting adequate nutrition? There could mm-hmm. be something that you're lacking in your diet that your body's trying to trying to hold up a flag mm-hmm. for you to yeah. say, hey, I need this. Right, right. 
Also, are you hydrated? Hydration, being dehydrated is a really, plays a really big factor in cravings mm -hmm. and overeating. Your mm -hmm. body's trying to get water from somewhere, <laughs> yeah. you know? Look, maybe there's water in Cheetos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I better eat these Cheetos. Um, also, are you getting exercise? Oh, that's a big one for me because like I said, that has helped me to overcome a lot of things. So when I get do get cravings mm -hmm. at 3, 3 p.m., a lot of times what I'll do is just get up from my desk and try to go for a walk. And luckily, or fortunately, it's been uh, cooling off here already. So I'm able to go outside more, which I love just to get away from my desk and take a quick walk. And a lot of times that will make the craving go away because my body I... was craving getting up. Yeah. Right. And getting up could mean going to get Cheetos, even though I didn't want Cheetos. But mm -hmm just getting up and going outside gave me some fresh air and still satisfied my basic need to just get up. Yeah. Yeah. And see, that's something that I need to work on is getting that exercise incorporated in there. Uh, and then also uh, another thing to consider is what are you actually craving? Are you craving that actual food item or are you craving that type of food experience? So are you craving salty or sweet or sour, crunchy, chewy, whatever it is? So it may not be that you're actually craving Cheetos. You're just craving something crunchy and cheesy, right? Right. Uh, and then or are you craving a feeling? So like a memory you associate with it, et cetera. Uh, is, are you craving that feeling? Do you want to feel a certain way? And you know that there's a food that will make you feel that way. So it could be that you're not actually craving Cheetos. You're craving something else. In mm -hmm. fact, with Cheetos, it probably is. Um, so things you can do. Okay. First of all, distract yourself. See if there's something around you that's triggering the craving. A lot of times for me, it's boredom. Mm -hmm. It's or I get restless. You know how I get restless inside when we've been inside all day. By the way, it is 2.41 and we've been inside all day. Mm -hmm. So just so you know, we got probably it. need to take a drive or something <laughs> after this. We got it. Uh, but you might be just craving. Uh, I'm sorry. You might be, there might be something around you that's, maybe it's the smell of a restaurant or mm -hmm. something down the street that's, or, or somebody's got a box of donuts, you know. Yeah, the, your coworker the, brought in uh fried chicken for lunch and is eating it at his desk you know right and if that's the case just step outside get some fresh air take a walk just find some mm -hmm. other way you know what i found is a really good distraction for me that i've gotten back to that i hadn't been doing for a while is drawing mm -hmm. i love to draw and that engages so much of my brain mm -hmm. that i really don't really think about too much else yes. so i really enjoy uh drawing right chewing gum mm-hmm that's another thing. Now, not all gum. I'm not a big fan of that because we've been on the quest for some good gum. <laughs> and I found a couple, mm -hmm. but they don't last very long. The flavor doesn't last very mm. long, but it kind of satisfies that need yeah. to chew on something. Well, and we've stopped using sugar-free gum. We're trying to find naturally sweetened. Sugar-free gum is very bad. Yeah, sugar-free gum is very bad. So anyway, we're, we've been on that quest sort of. Um, That's right. a different episode. Yeah. Uh, drink a big glass of water. And we talked about the importance of staying hydrated, but water will also help kind of fill you up a little bit and maybe take away from that, um, that craving. Uh, meditate to yeah. help clear your mind if you have a space and a few minutes where you can just sit down and meditate a little bit. You know, and, and get rid of any preconceived notions you have about meditation too. If that's just you spending two minutes by yourself, mm -hmm. just breathing, just breathing, you don't, you know, some people think it's like a big deal. Like you have to sit with a room full of candles and mm -hmm. everything has to be dark. Cross your and legs. Yeah. And you have to be there for yeah. like an hour. Yeah. Just start really, uh, with small increments, whatever feels right to you and just kind of calm things around you. No TV, nothing mm -hmm. like that. And just kind of listen to the silence. Mm-hmm. 
Right. Um, And then also, like you said, with drawing, find something that will occupy your entire focus. So you won't have the mental resources to think about eating that food that you're craving. So for you, it's drawing. For me, uh, it would be maybe solving a problem like working a a crossword puzzle or something like that. Uh, Or do something physical like logic games. Yes, yes. And then uh, the other things that you can do are to replace Replace the food with something similar but acceptable. So, for example, if you're craving a hamburger, right, you're, you may be craving that tender, that chewy, that smoky uh, texture and flavor and smell. So you can substitute a veggie burger or a bean burger. Um, try that. And then, you know, dress it up like you normally would. Um, add barbecue sauce, if you know, add whatever you want, but just you're not eating that meat. If- yeah, I think a good example of that is your your quest for the for mm. a suitable replacement for bacon. Ugh, and, and I, I f- found something pretty close today. I did. But I think that's, I mean, that's a great example. Don't try to say, okay, I'm going to, I crave breakfast meat, so I'm going to eat fresh fruit. That doesn't necessarily. No, that's not going to do it. That's not, not the it. same thing. And that's Mm-mm. not going to satisfy that. So uh, as you were saying, you know, you've been looking for some bacon. Bacon replacement, mm-hmm. and you found some sausage that I I liked. You didn't mm-hmm. like it, but I had a uh, egg sausage sandwich this morning for breakfast, and right. that's and when you had that bacon uh, or faux bacon sandwich, you said, yeah, you said, yeah. oh, I found now I can have that. You know, that right? I feel like I satisfied that. Yeah, and it's not exactly the same, and it's not something I I tried a bite of it by itself, and it it wasn't the same enough. Um, it's you seitan. It, though. Oh, hush. It's seitan <laughs> bacon. So it's not, it doesn't get as crispy and everything, you know. Um, but, and it's not that salty. But, so by itself, it wasn't that great. But I was able to have a scrambled egg and bacon sandwich this morning, first time since I've become a vegetarian. And in that, it was totally acceptable. So it was, it was good, right? So right. that was like a big thing for me. Uh, oh, and then, okay, the next one is sugar. So that's obviously sweet. So you can substitute fresh or dried fruit, a little dark chocolate, some chocolate non-dairy milk, and make it yourself if you can, because otherwise you'll be getting all the additives and everything that they put in the store-bought stuff. If you're craving chicken, so you're craving maybe something chewy, tender, moist, uh, you can substitute. There are some, some, actually for this, there are some good fake meat substitutes for chicken um the chicken c-h-i-c-k-n apostrophe n chicken chicken thank you (laughs) is our favorite um and then for chips or other unhealthy salty snacks it may be that crunchy or saltiness that you're craving so you can try veggies or pita chips and you can make your own good right Yes, pistachios, mm-hmm. um, some pistachios. nuts. Those are good. I usually keep some on my desk and have like a hand. You just want to make sure not to, those have a lot of calories. Mm-hmm. So don't like just keep them open on your desk or you'll eat them all. Right. <laughs> but like if you do homemade pita chips and hummus, yeah, or that's a you good can one. also do homemade baked tortilla chips, which is what I'll make sometimes for nachos. And uh, so those have, those are better and you can control the, it, they're not fried and you can control that that way. And then if you're craving dessert, like cookies or cupcakes or things like that, at least if you're going to eat those, try to make them yourself. Because yeah, avoid all that processed yes. and those extra bad for you additives that they mm-hmm. put in the like the mixes and stuff like that. Right. You can also, if you're making it yourself, you can make small batches to keep yourself from binging. We did that. We've mm-hmm. done that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You used and to make big 
batches of stuff. Yeah, now I'll make small batches so we don't have them sitting on the counter to eat and eat and eat. And then if you make a big batch and you make too many, give them away. Take them to work. Give them to your family. Do something. You know, get rid of them. Get them out of your house. All right, so hopefully this episode has helped shed some light on cravings, what they are, why we have them, and then also what you can do to help you deal with them. This was kind of, this was a really interesting episode for me because everybody has cravings of some sort. So uh, if you guys want to talk more about cravings, head over to our Facebook page or leave a comment in our show notes and let us know, you know, maybe some of the tips that you have for overcoming some of your, your cravings. We would love to hear your suggestions. Okay, so let's get into the recipe of the week. Oh, and this is a good one. Now I'm craving this. (laughs) (laughs) I just made them. Well, I made a version of this uh, last week, and I made uh, tostadas. But this is my uh, chili lime tortilla chips, and it's not... It's not anything that's new. I mean, it's already on our on our website. I'm going to just highlight it here and put it out there because they're so easy to make. They're baked, not fried. Uh, we have started using the sprouted corn tortilla uh, tortillas. Yes, and we've are, decided these will be on our vegetarian food truck. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so, uh, but anyway, this, so the recipe is out there. It's it's really simple. It's just lime juice and chili uh, powder, and then um, the tortillas. That's it. Okay, let's move into the quote of the week. And the quote is from author, and I'm assuming probably chef as well. I don't know. Jonathan Safran Foer. Mm -hmm. And he said, food is not rational. Food is culture, habit, craving, and identity. Totally agree. In this day and age, I mean, it it is true. And I think that's, that's probably a big reason why we have... Uh, we associate a lot of things with food, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we just really have that strong psychological connection to a lot of foods. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I think that does it for this episode this week. We went a little bit long this time, but I think it was a really good, healthy discussion. No pun mm-hmm. intended. Uh-huh. Ah, maybe pun intended. <laughs> so, all right. Well, then on to our next episode. All right, see you then. Peace out. Bye. Hey, Veg Centers. Thanks so much for joining us today. Please be sure to visit our website at www.vegetarianzen.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Facebook forward slash Vegetarian Zen or on Twitter at Vegetarian Zen. Until next time, wishing you a happy body and a healthy mind.